TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 437, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hey, I'm Aaron. I'm an actor-writer from Los Angeles. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Yusan, and I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast. And this is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. You forgot where you worked. That's awesome. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> he was like hesitation. He was like, I work at a school, it's a university, and you should all go there. All right. Anyway, uh, let's start off with the news. First up, I have that Disney Plus has locked down an exclusive deal with Canal Plus, which is a French streaming service. So soon we will be seeing a bunch of French TV shows, I guess, with subtitles. And some of that stuff might be good. But basically, I think Disney's just trying to fill up its content you know kind of how like netflix did where they just had random con- content from random countries so mm-hmm. disney plus looks to be doing that um the big conflict this week is that orlando jones has been fired from american god season three yes, um, I read that. Oh and God. here's the deal is the show got a new showrunner and the new showrunners uh excuse me what'd you say cracker <laughs> he basically yeah i'm calling him out did you see why they said yeah they, they said that... well i saw orlando jones's post about it yeah. yeah his version is that uh nancy the spider was too much of an angry black man for america and wow. so it was the wrong message to black america and i was like who are you to tell me what and with the thing that's crazy is in season two orlando jones was contributing as a producer and a writer. So he helped forge that character. And now that they have a new showrunner, they're like, oh, he's a, we, we want to back away from that kind of image. And Fremantle, which is the production company, was like, oh, no, 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 he got let go because in this portion of the book, his character is not as relevant, is what they're trying to say. Yeah. Right. Um, so there, there has just been so many wrong moves with this show. It started out great originally. By the second season, it just meandered around in circles with no idea what to do. And this just looks like more of the same. It's like this. It's this. This well, gradual. You keep, cha- you keep changing. You keep changing showrunners. You're going to have this because it's not going to be the same vision. Exactly, and I and and getting rid of, of Orlando Jones' character of a Nazi is is crazy because he's his character was one of the few things I thought that did work last season. The, right. One of the few things that I look forward to watching, and uh, removing him, I, it just makes me wonder how bland is this show going to be next year? Very much so, especially if we're only allowed to see happy black people. That's <laughs> going to be fun. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so Marvel TV has officially been shuttered, 
And a bunch of and employees a have surprises been, no, no one. one. Well, I mean, <laughs> once they announced Kevin Feige was in charge of movies and television, then yeah. And then, um, oh, what's his name? Jeff, Jeff Loeb quit. Jeff Loeb got let go weeks well, ago. Well, quit slash let go, whichever you like. They announced or that he, he stepped down. The announcement mm-hmm. was that he stepped down, but basically, yes, he was. He had no position left. He so was pushed. Gone. Yes, he was pushed out the window. Uh, so there is no more Marvel TV, which means everything under the Marvel TV banner is probably canceled now. So that means that Runaways, this is probably the last season of Runaways. Oh, they already canceled Runaways. Oh, okay. We, well, we talked about that. Uh, what else is left under Marvel TV? I think that's, that's and, and uh, Shield is like already one, gone. And There's one straggler show that I forget what it was that hasn't premiered yet, but like, it's low profile. Okay. Well, everything else will be under... Um, Kevin Feige, which I generally like him, but now I'm kind of annoyed, but whatever. Um, Lulu Wang, who is a uh, writer-director, has been hired on board Nicole Kidman's new show on Amazon called The Expatriates, which seems kind of cool. I'm interested. Um, And she's supposed to be the showrunner, and she's supposed to direct several episodes of the show. Uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel has been picked up for season four, and Yay. Little America has been picked up for season two. And nobody cares about that, apparently. Tom, you have news. <laughs> yes, I do. So get this. A new Netflix original is going to tell the story of the creation of Spotify. What? So from one disruptor <laughs> to another disruptor. Okay, and I don't know if I the care. The as-yet-untitled limited series will be directed by Pierre Olaf Sorensen and is inspired by the book Spotify Untold. Okay, so, yeah, there's a lot of for that. Sure. Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay, uh, Sony Pictures Television has bought Silvergate Media, producer of Octonauts and Hilda, for $195 million. And so they basically make animate, kids' animated series, so... Sony's basically planting their flag by buying a company already doing it. Um, ABC's live in front of a studio audience. The next edition, which airs uh, on the 18th, which is Wednesday, uh, they've announced the cast. Uh, joining the cast for oh, Good for Times good are time. Viola yeah, Davis and Andre Brower as Florida Evans and James Evans, Jay Farrell as J.J. Evans, Asante Black as Michael Evans, Corinne Fox as Thelma Evans, and Tiffany Hottish as Wilona Woods. My thing about this is every time they did the live, I don't buy it. There's something about it that feels weird. I don't well, they're they're trying to. It seemed to me that some of the some of the actors were trying to channel the original versions of the characters instead of making it their own. So it's yeah, like, dude, I mean, we can I mean, watch. That, we, yeah, you can watch the old repeats. What what are you we, doing? We can watch the reruns. I don't. Uh, I didn't like the the last couple versions of this, so I'm probably not going to tune in. Jarell Jerome is also confirmed to join in an unspecified role, and Anthony Anderson and Patti LaBelle will sing the, the show's theme song live. Previously announced cast members for All in the Family include Woody Harrelson, Marissa Tomei, Ellie Kemper, and Ike Barinholtz reprising their roles from the first special. Kevin Bacon, Jesse Eisenberg, and Justina Machado will also appear, and their roles will be announced live on the day of the performance. Um, Whoopee. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was a, a, a ratings... It was ratings gold last time, and they got some Emmy love. So, okay, I know you all are going to be upset, but Poppy Montgomery's ABC uh, 
summer drama Reef Break has been cancelled after one season. OMG. <laughs> the it's what like, has been what? Reef Break has wrong. been cancelled. That show that we were all watching. Oh my god. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, right. that show we were... the, the who? The what? The what? And the last thing is uh, John Stanky of Warner Media was basically casting shade at Disney Plus saying HBO Max is going to appeal to the entire family. Oh, I Disney saw Plus that. Seems yeah. to target, Disney Plus just seems to be targeting families and younger viewers. It's like, dude, <laughs> don't even go there. <laughs> uh, theirs uh, is going to be for man. everyone. They're adults and blah, blah, blah. Everybody's just fighting over the subscription fees. But anyway, let's mm-hmm. move on. Uh, up ne- uh, Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Watchmen. Who's watching the Watchmen? And this episode, is, this episode is called a God, I'm finally caught up. A God walked into a bar. And Which is brilliant. Yes. Because it's the, literal. The, the direct the direct TV, <laughs> when I pulled up the info guide, said a bar. And yep. then when the episode aired, it says a bar. And Libya, you had a, an interesting behind-the-scenes oh, uh, story about yeah, that. The, sh- the showrunners deliberately gave out the wrong title to all the TV guides and everything because they thought that the actual title would be a spoiler. So, because you have to I give out the title. It would have been. It would, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think? Yeah, because... I think it would have made yeah. that It would have. It, okay. I think it would have if some people would have figured it out. By saying that a god, because everybody knows that a god means uh, Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan. And, sure. and, and if you connect Dr. Manhattan to A-Bar, then people would have been like, oh, how is she connected to A-Bar? And then they might have figured it out. So they deliberately yeah, told so. everybody that the name of the, uh, the episode was A God Walks Into a Bar. And then when you get to the episode and you see it, it's A-Bar. As in Angela. So... What I thought was amazing about this episode is the way that they showed time was really reflective of how Dr. Manhattan sees time. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that her grandfather basically hangs Crawford because Angela asked him the question about Crawford through the time thing. And she was like, oh my God, did I cause this? And he was like, chicken or the egg. (laughs) <laughs> I know this sounds like a stupid question, but like, so for sure, though, he was part of the Cyclops, yes? Yes. His wife, yeah. they had a trap door oh, yeah. in their house to capture <laughs> yeah. people. So, yes, they absolutely. Wait, what? Did I miss that? Apparently. That's how uh, Lord, the, F- the FBI agent Wait, Lori got that? captured. Did you get up and go get yourself a sandwich at that time? or something? <laughs> Um, Which episode was this? Francis Fisher um, uses it on Gene Smart, and uh, it doesn't work the first couple of times. And then when she was last like, week's a episode. trap door, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, five, oh, I no, think no, 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 I got all that, but I, I, I don't know. I guess I zoned out and I thought, like, maybe they, I don't know, like they set him up. I mean, I understood how, who, where everybody else was involved, but I didn't quite, I don't know. I well, don't, also, I was, when the, you look so at the flashback. In the flashback, when Crawford is talking to the grandfather, he said, I do everything I can to help you people. Yeah. Yeah. Very racist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, he's not. He did not get falsely accused. And the reason why they wanted Angela, they had uh, Looking Glass try to sideline Angela 
was because they wanted to know who killed Crawford because he was their, their right-hand man. They tell you that very right. explicitly. No, I thought they sidelined her because they wanted to make sure she wouldn't be around to protect Dr. Manhattan because they they knew that, that she, they knew who Dr. Manhattan was already and they needed her to get out of the way. That's what I well, thought. Well, now it seems like that. But at the time, when they tell Looking Glass to do that, they don't tell Looking Glass that Dr. Manhattan's real. That's too early. No, but... But no, yes. what they tell what they tell Looking Glass is they need her out of the way because Crawford was their man. That's what they tell Looking Glass. No, I thought it was more ambiguous. I thought no, they just said we need her out of the way. No, it wasn't oh. ambiguous at all. They they straight up say it. Uh, I I do have I do have some in, some inside information about uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen II okay. and Doctor Manhattan. Uh, one of my students. <clears throat> had a follow-up question for Tom Speezy Alley, the number two executive producer on Watchmen. So in one of my emails to him, I, I relayed the question, and Tom wrote back, Yaya did know from the beginning who his character was, but he was also Ooh. told, do not play it as Dr. Manhattan, play it as sure. a cow. Well, that's not... At like, his interview on Jimmy Kimmel, he said he did not know when he did the pilot. He said he was brought in after the pilot was done, before they started shooting the rest of the series, he was brought in by Lindelof, and Lindelof was like, okay, so you're Dr. Manhattan, and, but he said he didn't know at the pilot, but he knew after that. At least that's what he said. I'm, I, mean, I mean, pilots are pilots. They don't know if they're going to get picked yeah, up Yeah, I was just going to say. They, they, knew, they pretty be- much knew this was going to get picked up unless they really screwed it up. Cause but yeah, but I'm just saying it's, just one, it's one episode difference, but he said he didn't know at the pilot stage. When he auditioned, he, he did the series. Yeah, he knew before he got into uh, shooting like episode two. Plot, all of it. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's... it's uh, it's really amazing the the information that you get in this episode. We finally find out. Well, we already we find out everything. So <laughs> we find out the, everything. The thing, the thing that was, it was cool an information about, dump. It was too much. <laughs> but the thing that was cool about it is, is it didn't feel like an information dump because no, they it played never with, does. because they played yeah. with the time thing. Right. The thing that was kind of cool is basically that the through line of the episode is he's hitting on her. Right. And she's yes. shooting him down, but she's intrigued. And by the end, we see how everything loops around because the, the, the time bending thing is cr- because he, for him, he's a nonlinear being. Right. So well, everything's at you once. Know what it, you know what it reminded me of? And I'm not saying that this was at all lifted or that it was, you know, inspired by whatever. I'm not accusing it of anything. But once I kind of knew what was going on, I mean, it was not that hard to follow, but apparently it was because I missed a whole bunch of stuff. But um, it reminded me of, I think, what's the movie The Arrival with... Um, oh, right. Amy, oh, with, oh, sort of, yeah. With Amy yeah. Adams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, uh, like strongly. And actually, quite frankly, I think it's the only reason that I completely understood what was going on as it was happening because I was like oh I've seen this concept of of time being you know all happening at once and I thought the arrival was a beautiful movie and and I love that conceit so again this is not a disparaging you know attack on the watchman but I thought it was beautifully done and I when I said information dump that also wasn't derisive I meant to say 
um, or disparaging. I meant what I was saying was that I love the way they do that. There's a lot of most of the time I'm getting a lot of information. It's done in a really good way, but it's it's also very convenient. It moves the plot along for me. And I'm like, oh, okay. but it's done really well. I mean, it's absolutely woven into the dialogue and the scene and everything. But, you know, my point is it's a compliment because if if it's too obtuse, if it's too, you know, whatever, it's it'll get annoying. So there's a lot of mystery, but then, it, uh, you know, with breadcrumbs, they kind of go, oh, no, wait, here's this. Oh, we're going to fill you in on this. And this is this history. Well, um, so I, I actually, love that. I, I, yeah. I actually want to get a little more specific, and I want Allison and Aaron to get to speak. Uh, <laughs> Allison, go Bye. ahead. Uh, no, I thought this was an absolutely brilliant episode. And like you, I thought that the use of time in it was fantastic. I hadn't actually thought of the arrival, but yeah, the the sense that first, I, I mean, it's, it's a little less unstuck in that the arrival, you weren't sure that certain things were happening at a specific time or you made the assumption things are happening in the in the present when they actually happened in the past. This was pretty, you know, you knew when things were happening. It's just the fact that it was all jumbled together and what i loved about it was that it connected all the dots like we uh, we've been asking questions why this is happening why that's well, let's happening talk about, how does let's Oz talk about that's like can we talk about ozymandias sure like ozymandias we had last week we had the question well how you know why is he all the way on on one of jupiter's moons why Europa. is you know, Europa, why is he there? Who, what are the you clones? Know, obviously, Who made yeah, the clones? What are the clones? And all of those questions got answered. Um, in fact, one of one of the, the ways they were answered this week was brilliant. It's like they, they held off until after the credits. Oh, right. Amazing You guys all waited till after the credits, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and it was and it was like so unexpected because they haven't done anything like that before. And all of a sudden, there you are in this in this prison cell um, with Jeremy Irons, and the scene between him and Tom Meissen was just fabulous. Yeah. I mean, the, the we we not only got the information of why everything is happening and what how the, how the characters feel about it, but but also. This there there was this there was this tremendous sense of rage from what was obviously the original Mr. Phillips. Um, oh, or, right, I, because he felt abandoned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's and he he specifically says he's the oldest one there. He was there when the God created him, right. and so you can see where all of this anger is coming from, um, because the the sense of betrayal and everything. It's the others just knew Ozymandias as their god, but he knew the original he right. knew what was going on and and there is this 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 sense of betrayal and loathing um that and and this determination to to not let him out be because like of that one thing you can't do is leave yes yeah um uh, and then that was just a brilliant scene uh aaron aaron your thoughts um, yeah, I mean, all that I'll add is um, I think the writing is absolutely brilliant. Um, the way that they can, uh, they, they weave information into just simple conversational dialogue, I think is just unparalleled for me. Um, so I never feel like it's an overload. Um, one thing that I loved in this episode was Angela's desire to change the prophecy. She's like, oh, right. I, we, I can save you, let's do this. And she got out there to fight and I wasn't sure if she was going to die because I can never tell what's going to happen on this show. <laughs> and so when they when they, they 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 shot that thing into the door, the arrow thing, and pulled ripped the door off, and they were you know coming on her with the guns, I said, okay, she is going to die. 
Then Dr. Manhattan showed up. And I was like, okay. I said, and it was all based on his love for her. But he wiped them out, but he would not let the prophecy change. And he allowed himself to be destroyed. And I thought that I don't that think he's destroyed. He, he's he's, he's, he he's, he's teleported. Oh, yeah, he teleported. Teleported, he teleported yeah. And, and, but I thought that that was so brilliant and so touching and such a heartfelt moment because I felt the real love there because he wouldn't yeah. let her be killed, yeah. but he allowed he is still allowed everything to play out the way he predicted that it would, and there's going to be a bigger reason for that. So I, I'm just like over the moon excited uh, for this show. You know, there was an actual line that that really affected me when you brought up how she determined she was going to go out there and fight for him. And he says he brings up. She asked him earlier, when did you know you fell in love with me? And he's and that's where he says you you wanted to know that. Well, this is the moment. Yeah, this is. (laughs) I I mean, I have to say they did a really good job. Yeah, they did a really good job of showing their love. Like yeah. you really yeah. believe that they're in love with each other. Yeah. And it's it's a beautiful thing to say because the the series itself is so, you know, outlandish and it involves all this, you know, the high concept and this time travel and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I second very strongly that the core through all of it is this very grounded, very realistic, very beautiful love. You know what yeah. I mean? And then you know, so that you know, I just want to say this one last thing though. I read something about I don't, I don't remember the I don't remember you'll I think you'll appreciate this. I don't remember exactly the interview, but um they were saying they actually um interviewed Lindoff and they but anyway, the point is I love how it's like the anti-lost in the sense that like they are giving Great. you the answers like all towards the end, you know what I mean? They they're not going to make the same mistake with Lost and I had to laugh cuz I thought, yeah, that he learned his lesson. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just like so it's great i mean that on top of everything else mysteries are being you know tied up in this and that so i am also very excited to see uh you know how he's going to truly truly finish it because i think he's doing a great job moving towards it all right let's wrap this one up i think we're all saying thumbs up oh yeah uh next up we're going to talk about his dark materials and i realize i've only watched half of the episode huh oops (laughs) oh man I watched the first half and then something happened. I think I got angry about something and I was like, ah, and then I walked away and then I forgot. Uh, but basically what I liked about this episode is that it, it's actually setting up to tell you all the answers. Like what is the dust? Why are they grabbing the kids? What are they doing to the kids? Why are they separating them from their demons? And, um, so we get to the facility and Lyra Told them her name is something. I forgot. She lied about whatever her name is. I think Lizzie. I think Lizzie. Okay, because I couldn't remember what she... I knew it wasn't her real name. And then her and her best friend pretend they don't know each other, which is smart. I was like, good points. And then they try to escape, but end up wandering into the room where all the demons are kept locked up. But they still don't understand what's going on. But we did get to hear a conversation with some of the scientists, like, guilting, well, at least one of them guilting about, you know, murdering children. And he's like, are we doing the right thing? And I'm like, if you have to ask yourself that question, the answer is no. Like, that's always, that's always the right thing. You know, it's like, you're like, wow, we're murdering children. Can this be the right? No, it's not the right thing. All right, what people who have seen the full episode, you guys pick it up. Okay, well, I, I, where where it goes from there? I mean, spoiler alert. Um, go ahead, go ahead. Is my my, it was they, my bad. They they 
Lizzie and, and Lizzie, um, Lyra and her friend um, actually get to uh, see what this machine does in action. Um, and we, we, she, she actually ends up getting pulled into the machine itself. They decide she's going to be the, uh, the test subject that they show to, of all people, her mother, uh, her mother. And, and she gets trapped in there and her mother and finally manages to get her mother's attention as to who is in this box before they actually sever her from, from her demon. Um, and all of that eventually leads to an escape and, and, and a fantastic scene really between the two of them, between Lyra and her mother, where she really manages to play her mother like a fiddle. And, <laughs> and it works it works perfectly because they've already set it up that if Lyra has any, you know, superpower at all, it's in being able to really read people and yeah. fake them out. Yeah. She's a great bluffer. And so she reads her mother and and realizes the neediness in her and what she wants to hear. And she plays to that until she's able to use it as a means of escape. Which is fantastic. You know, you know what the thing is? The reason I got angry was I was sure they weren't going to escape in this episode. I think it was because their attempted escape totally failed. And I, and I knew she was going to end up in the machine. And I was like, ah, they're not going to get out. It's gonna. This is all just messing with me. And I think that's why I got frustrated and was like, rah. Uh, but I'm glad to t that you told me that's not the case. So, yay. No, there is a big escape. There is a big big to do about that at the end and it's it's really brilliantly done and the thing is the escape isn't even the end i mean they they then fly off and introduce these other really genuinely horrific creatures uh -oh. um, who attack the balloon and it's it really is a great episode from beginning to end honestly you, sh you should see the rest of it <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, I was intending to, I just, I literally just kind of forgot. Like, once I got into the next thing, which is, a, anyone else have any comments before I segue very smoothly into the next topic? Okay. Uh, oh, no, go ahead, Harry. Yeah, I, I just think that um, I love an active protagonist in the story who really makes changes and moves the story, and I think Lyra is perfect for that. I'm so glad that she had the guts and moxie to do what she did. She played her mother, but her mother played her. So we see that it's, she's definitely a part of that, uh, her and her mother are the same, basically, in some in, uh, in some ways. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing where, um, oh, I forgot his name, it just had his name, the young man who's gonna play a part in- Oh, the um, one that's in the real, in our world, in, but we haven't figured in out- our world. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, because I'm yeah. getting more and more intrigued with their story, with the mother seeing different things. And so I'm really, I mean, they know how to pull you in and to make you really say, I have to watch this next episode to see what's going on. So uh, another one of my favorite shows this season. Yay. All right. Mm -hmm. Next up, we're going to talk about Crisis, which was why I didn't finish his Dark Materials. Because <laughs> I was like, I got halfway mm -hmm. through, got mad. And I was like, oh, well, at least I have Crisis to watch. And so that's, <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Uh, so we have three episodes of Crisis on Infinite Earth and a barrage uh. of characters. And the first episode was just primarily getting everybody together on the same Earth and try to figure out what the plan was. The only thing I will say that felt weird 
was Pariah showing up out of nowhere, and yeah. we're supposed to follow how he became Pariah. Like, that was yeah. a little confusing. Yes. So, well, uh, Tom, well, you if, said you if had you a watch the big fail. Oh, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. No, um, I thought about rewatching parts of it, but then I'd rather I decided I'd binge the expanse instead. But um, okay, here's Good my issue. Alice, yeah. Allison, and I had a back and forth on Facebook, and in hindsight, I'm tending to agree more with her. Here's the thing: the original version, the source material, leaves such a great structural blueprint for what to do. And yeah. rather than following it, they kind of did their own thing. And it's like, it's just kind of sloppy. And well, the I mean, cameos are just... How do, yeah, more... how do you explain the whole pariah thing to me? Like, who? Mm-hmm. they never tell you exactly who he is. Why does he look like well? Like, I understand that our wells got turned into pariah, but why? What for? What is, like, what? Okay. Well, I mean, considering it's, that it's, they showed that that little thing where he gets sucked in there in right. every single on every show. single show. I mean, but they don't show why it happens. Right. They don't give you and any background said, or anything. They said it was, it was basically supposed to be for penance for releasing the anti-monitor, which but is what did he do that? Well, see, that's the problem because in the comic books, Pariah, he's he's. He's eternally damned to watch every single Earth in the entire universe just be destroyed. Multiverse. But what they didn't do here is they rushed it. And because they rushed and just tried to move it quick and say, hey, Tom Welling, he's now pariah. I feel that they missed a golden opportunity. Kavanaugh. To I'm, I'm Tom Kavanaugh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to get Tom times. Welling in a minute. I got something on Tom Welling, too. But, uh, but <laughs> um, I feel like they rushed such... Uh, this is such an important part of the crisis on infinite earths. And I feel like you need to take more time there. The same thing happened in the comic book, but what they did brilliantly in the comic book is it went over 12 issues. So you got an entire year of a story that they were able to unfold. They're trying to do it in five episodes. I'm like, take all of your shows and take maybe five episodes out of every show where you have the time to really expand on the story. Well, the thing that's frustrating is Arrow spent the entire season setting up Crisis and they didn't... As as yes. did Flash. The Flash did too, but yeah. they didn't they didn't do anything with Wells other than they introduced well, him. They're like he's Indiana Jones. Yeah. And that's it. And they didn't do anything with anything. There were so many there were so many fake outs and stupid things. Like the whole, you know, Flash disappears. Yes. Only we discover it's not our Flash, which makes right. that whole headline in the newspaper make no sense at all exactly well here's you know it's like how does that work but there there is so much that was so slapdash and bad and frankly yeah. i mean i when when it started with the supergirl thing it just reminded me of all the reasons why i don't watch this show the, the acting <laughs> is so yeah. terrible oh, and the, the, the writing is so yeah. horrible every no one could say anything unless it was a gigantic pronouncement you know, yeah. unless it was a declaration to the world. And yeah. it's like, oh, my God, who can watch this yeah. week to week? And <laughs> and everything was so sloppy. The only thing that I liked was that they had these cute little cameos at the beginning, which were yeah. really a nice touch. Oh, yeah. But, oh, they did. Uh, what is it? Uh, canary? Not Canary. Uh, Birds of Prey. Birds of Hunters Prey. from Birds of Prey. Yeah, because I was thought. like, oh, that's Birds of Prey. Like, yeah, and they, they, and had, they, they had the original. They had they had Bird yeah. Ward. Yeah. Um, they had they had Robert Wool from Batman eighty nine. Yes, and they right. have they had. Yeah, the sun casting was fun. 
So that was cute, but, but I mean, Here's part of the problem, was, though. Just, One of the cool things in, in the original Crisis is before they destroyed an Earth, and we knew all these Earths pretty well, with, you know, very few exceptions. But before they did it, you actually got some time there. It wasn't just... And right. the dude from Batman 89 sitting on a park bench, the sky's turned red, and he gets and he gets thanos Right. Yeah. It's but, just... You know, I will give them credit, though. The Batman, the old man Batman with the suit, they kind of made him evil. I was like, oh. Do you know who he is? Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy, yeah. He does, I, I never know who... No, no, I was just curious. I never knew what he looked like. I mean, right. I, you know what I mean? Like, I read about it, but I was like, oh, I never put the face to the name. So I was just curious. Yeah. I, I just have to say this, and then I'll, I'll remove myself from the conversation. I, like, it, it was a little bit hard for me to follow. I never read the Crisis, you know, I don't know about the Crisis books. I don't know what to expect or what they did or didn't do right or wrong. But, and I was getting confused, and I was kind of like, what? And then I was like, you know what? I don't care. So, like, <laughs> I, 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 like, I, like I like unlike Watchmen, where I was like, "Wait, what happened? Who did this?" I was like watching, and I go, "I, I don't care. Keep coming, whatever." I was like, "I will watch this to the end," and I was like, "I don't need to understand this." So I'm done. I'm out of this conversation. Ever. <laughs> Another thing that I thought that they kind of screwed the pooch on is in the uh, in the source material, the way they started the beginning is they assemble the team. Right. And to make that the MacGuffin like in episode two or three. No, 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 no. You should have started with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then. Um, oh, yeah. Because they're, they're like, we have it's, to it's get the, a, the paragons of whatever. Right. Well, yeah. they didn't, it wasn't paragons. That, that just that's just stupid Berlanti. That was. Yes. Yeah. Is um, it really? OK, because, you know, the thing is, I am not, not a big DC material. fan. So I, I know of Crisis and I know the broad mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. concept of crisis and everything but no i haven't read the the individual comics yeah. and so the, the the one thing that just stood out as being incredibly dumb to me was this whole paragon thing and it's really yeah. good to know that that wasn't in the original comic that's not it, the original good to know I, but I also wish issues they're not using the source material which is already laid out for them i mean within the crisis on infinite earth you know what they did which was so cool in the comic books they i mean harbinger they were bringing in villains as well to work with Mm -hmm. the fight against the anti-monitor so it wasn't just a few paragons which they created that everybody's trying to save their world including the villains so the heroes and the villains are working together Mm -hmm. and i'm missing that i'm like come on you have you have so many villains lex luther right but but yeah but he's he's working for his own purposes i mean yeah and can i just say you know, Superman, Superman returns Superman. Yeah. And can, can I just say, I mean, because, uh, again, I don't watch Supergirl, but I, John Cryer is the world's most irritating Lex Luthor. <laughs> I, I, oh, no, 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 no. Jesse Eisenberg, hands down, in Batman v Okay, okay he's the he's second most. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to bring it home. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I say whatever. <laughs> I think they would have done better to hew to the source material. Yeah. And I, I also thought it would have been stronger to... Here's the thing. They didn't use Harbinger and Pariah well. No. They just threw them there from time to time whenever they felt like it, instead yeah. of using them as kind of the continuing threads. And they could have they could have set that up. I, the execution was just 
Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. But uh, terrible. An- another cool thing they did in the comics is instead of just one Earth left, they yeah. had five, the five prime Earths left. Right. And the, the heroes are fighting to keep them from merging. Yes. And then the anti-monitor changes his mind. And they also killed Har- They also The way they structured the 12 issues, it was basically a three-act structure because mm. Harbinger kills the monitor at the end of episode, at the at end of issue four. Yeah. And then the two big deaths were in issues seven and eight. And then eight serves as the, you know, kind of the end of act two of the thing. But I don't know. It's just... As much as these writers, and I know I know a couple of the writers, but as much as the you know Guggenheim, I think was the architect behind this, and he's written comics, and so he should know better. But dude, you've been teasing this for a year. You had a year to figure out the structure of this thing. Yeah. It shouldn't be the hot mess it is. And the original Crisis gave you enough. They they gave you enough. Um, you know, they threw enough freaking bones to the casual reader. That you're not completely confused. This one, right. it's just like, it's just like so much fan service. It's like it needs to mean something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at least the at least the Smallville thing was a little bit more fleshed out than a glorified cameo, as yeah. was the Kevin Conroy older Batman. But some of the things, it's just like, why are you even bothering? And I thought part two sucked. I'm sorry, oh, and I like yeah. Batwoman generally. Yeah. But that episode was a. Why was she following? Was a why was she through. following Supergirl around with kryptonite? Like uh, I was like, what is happening? Yeah, that made absolutely because no the script said like so. Right. <laughs> yeah, although I have to say, I, wow. as, as much as I hated well, we, part two, I hated part one and three worse. Okay, yeah. so we actually have to wrap this up, guys. We actually have to wrap this one up. So I'm gonna. Okay. I just want to say, I just want to say that I did not think it was possible for me to be even less interested than I was when I was watching it. But now no. I'm so <laughs> uninterested. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're wrapping this up. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing we're thumbs down on this then. Way down. It's okay. not possible to get further down. Thumbs wow. disappointed. Thumbs disappointed. I've already forgotten that I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Emergence, which I forgot to watch because I was watching Stupid Crisis. Uh, what did you guys think of Emergence? It's the fall finale, which I get to see later. Yes. And so don't worry about spoilers. The secret okay. is out. Okay. I loved it. Um, I thought it so was good. I loved the way. Uh, the, the twist and turns, things I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect the reporter to be who he is. And I'm like, what? You know what I mean? The, it, it turns out he's like Piper. Um, you and, mean and, what he is. What he what is, he is. Yeah. yeah. And I found that to be, I just didn't see that coming. I, I love the way that they wrote it in that um, um, Joe calls and says, meet me at the station. And then everybody's there except for him and Piper. And I was like, oh my gosh. I, I just thought that that was awesome. And it really, really drew me in. I love watching Piper try and work out who or what she is because she's a little bit different than even they programmed her to be. So I'm loving watching her discovering who she actually is and discovering are her emotions real or are they not? Because she even questioned it. My favorite moment is when she laid her head on Joe's father's shoulder while they were sitting there talking. She says, I'm going to try and figure out a way to help you. I just thought that that was a beautiful moment and so telling that this type, that this AI actually has feelings and emotions. This so, girl is love- terrific. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. And Libby, did you interview her at one of the junkets? Oh, yeah. 
She she's she's something special. She 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 cast she literally cast a spell on six season reporters, and we all just sat there and watched her enthralled as she talked for Mm. like ten minutes. And we were like, "Oh, are we supposed to be asking questions?" Because we she was just talking, and we were just like, "Oh my god, she's like cat." It was it was unbelievable. I've never had an interview like that before. I want to just add to what Aaron said. About halfway through the episode, there was something. There was something that uh, the actor Owen Yeoman did, and I'm like, "Wait a minute!" And I'm like, "Could he be?" And he was. <laughs> but other than that, the fact that they didn't, you know, this show. There's. I love that they're accelerating this, these plot arcs so quickly because I'm like, where the hell are they going now? And I, you know, yeah, they who haven't knows been, where they're exactly. going. Yeah, they have not Other, been sitting around walking in circles, you know, and frustrating the audience. It's like they they present a question and they answer it almost immediately. It's like mm-hmm. you know, really, they just move this along. It's a freight train. <laughs> it really is, which is a good thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by where they're going because I have no idea. <laughs> so you guys all say, which is interesting. Up? Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Stumptown, which apparently I also forgot to watch. This is the second week in a row. However, I did watch last week's Stumptown. That's not helpful. I got a, I went to an Army Navy viewing party yesterday, sponsored by my veterans. Oh, by the football a, my game? veterans group. Yeah. And Adrian Martinez, who plays Tookie, is married to an army vet. So he was there. Really cool guy. I talked to him a little bit. But and and he 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 teased that we're gonna get more of him and Cameron Mannheim oh, um, cool. together. And uh, and he's in the next four episodes. But um ooh, the morning after. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait, let me just say this to Olivia. Wait, let me just say this, Olivia, since you forgot to watch it. Apparently, um, the the uh, dice blowing wasn't exactly what we thought it was. It turned out to be. So really? when you watch, the, well, you'll when you watch Stumptown, you'll. Oh wait, I guess we're talking about You're it. Talking yes, about we are. Talking. Go ahead and say it now. No, I mean, yeah, go go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. You brought it up. You say it. No, I. I interrupted Tom. I want. I, I. I would just wanted to tell you, but then I realized. Oh, we'll probably talk Go for about it, the you, twist. Son. Oh, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I. You know, I. It's not a thing that I pride myself on. In fact, I think it's it's um it's a curse. I tend to you know recognize twists earlier than later and all this kind of a stuff. Um, and I didn't. I did not I did not see this twist coming right away. You know, I mean, I just bought into the whole thing, which I really loved. I thought I, you know, the sleeping with seducing all of that. It's so perfect for her character. You know, it, it, they did it well. It was, you know, it was kind of fun and scandalous. Um, but as it turns out, uh, they did not sleep together. And um, once I kind of saw the breadcrumbs happening, I thought, oh, this is a total I want to get rid of her move, you know, and it's a so for me. But I thought it was still fun to watch. And um, I thought, again, it, it, it I thought they were going to go in a completely di- different direction. Oh, he's got the girlfriend. We're going to have to wait a whole season of, you know, them being this weird love triangle or quadrangle, I guess, because of the detective. Um, but they dumped her. But they just love got her square. out of it. 
Um, yeah, so uh, I, I kind of, I did, I loved it. I love that they built it up to be so scandalous. We bought it because it seems very up her alley to do. Um, and then uh, and then I like that they're still kind of tethering the two of them together in this complicated, you know, will they, won't they kind of a thing. Um, and, and my point is that they could have, I think they could have dragged out the girlfriend story longer. Not that I wanted to. I'm just saying they could have gotten lazy. Super boring. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying they could have, if they were lazy writing, but they didn't, which I'm glad they just brought it up as a, an obstacle and then dumped it out. So, I mean, that's all I'll say about that. Story for shows that move story arcs quickly instead of spinning gears forever. Yeah. Once you gave that evil look to camera, like halfway through the episode, I'm like, Oh, you're evil. Yeah. Well, you know, earlier than that, although I I was suspicious, actually, from the time that they woke up in bed together, um, because, you know, they were both saying neither of them could remember the night before. And you know how in Watchmen they were talking about how, you know, complete amnesia is really really rare. Right. Um, well, well, but when you're hungover, yeah, but when you're blackout really drunk, too. that's a little different. Blackout drunk is I different could, than I could believe. I could believe Dex doing that because she's you know kind of an ingrained alcoholic. But the to, to have the girlfriend do that is that would be almost impossible. Um, she would remember it. She might be you know really really super drunk, but she'd remember what happened. And the fact that she was claiming that she didn't, I thought that's either really lazy writing or something's up. So, yeah, from that point on, I was really kind of just looking for the other shoe to drop. And and they did. Thunk. <laughs> <laughs> quite, with quite finality, yes. Uh, any other thoughts? All right. Let's I, I love the way they I love the way they spread the wealth and used all the supporting characters this time. Yeah, I was just going to say, again, they brought in her not wish, you know, the could have been her mother-in-law character. <laughs> Tantu <laughs> Cardinal was the actor's name. Love her. What is her name? Tantu Cardinal. Tantu. So, name. yeah, she's great, and I love that they're using her, and again, they're softening her up, and they're, you know, the, everyone's got the arc, and we're seeing the the love and the bond. is You know, that love-hate thing, of course, she does blame her for her son, but then I think that, you know, underneath, we see, and I think that's a tribute to the writing and her acting, that we see that there is, you know, there is love there, and there is a recognition that this was the woman that her son loved. So I kind of like that subtlety and that range, um, and I'm glad that they gave her that scene to do, and she knocked it out of the park. So, yeah, I think Tom was right about all the supporting characters are, are really doing a great job and and they're giving them good support with the writing mm-hmm. oh right. and the brother i want a bottle i want a bottle show with all of them like in a locked room or something so we, can see <laughs> well, we gotta wrap this one up because there's sure combinations we haven't I, seen i do like the bit about the brother looking to move out though because oh. that should yeah. be interesting. well let's that, well, we, and, need to, we need to wrap that one up but finish your sentence sorry no, I think that that's that's just going to to lead to an interesting thing because I think partly that's going to make Dex feel abandoned, and on the other hand, you know, it's it's going to lead to to interesting complications for him because you know he's he's, uh, you know, has has cognitive issues. So, but not so bad that you know he might not be able to live on his own. So I think that that's an interesting area to pursue. All right, so I think everyone's saying thumbs up for Stumptown. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we're going to talk way about, up. <laughs> next time, we're going to talk about legacies, and only good comments are allowed. This is my <laughs> this is my episode. <laughs> well, I, I want to just start by I'll let everybody else talk about this. I said this to you, Libya. They've been doing this 
uh, for a while now, but um, it's such a small thing, but it makes me smile and it gets puts me in the right mood. But I love that they're doing fun things with the title, you know, oh, and, right. yeah. you know, it's very thematic and it's it campy and it kind of also, you know, gives you a clue as to what you're watching. So, I mean, I, pl- I have plenty of other things to say about the episode, but I just wanted to note that because every week it's, it's really kind of, fun and creative and stuff and it really puts me in the right mood to watch it also i will say this it actually it's almost subconsciously kind of reminding me that they've changed the tone of the show honestly you know what i mean and yeah yeah exactly yeah it's i think for a while they were uh, really a little bit taking themselves a little too seriously and i didn't mind that but the title reminds me that oh yeah no they're kind of going in a more fun campy whatever which i really not gonna have that but yes no 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 but i'm just saying overall there's been more of that than you know there was very little that in the first season and i'm just saying i enjoy it straight from the get-go even um i'll i'll stop so what did what did you guys think of krampus (laughs) Uh, okay. Krampus was interesting. Um, but what, what really thrilled me is finding out that Santa Claus is a G. I had no idea. I was like, yo, look at, look at him boxing. He took him down with some wrestling moves. I was like, okay, Santa, new respect for you. But, uh, Krampus was interesting. Um, I just personally would like for Krampus to have been a little bit more scary, probably, maybe. But, um, you know, uh, it was interesting. Uh, What what got me more with the episode is I love the moment um, where uh, Landon takes, is it uh, Ralph, right? Uh, Raphael, yeah. Raphael takes him um, to meet his father, and he finds out something about his history. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that. Um, and the then the only thing is, he should have learned, as I said last time he tried to do that with MG, he ended up getting his throat yeah. ripped out. But you know, yeah, absolutely. But um, I'm glad that there were no full moons, and so he was able to uh, <laughs> control himself even more. But um, I thought that that was a, a really great moment there. Um, I didn't, uh, you know, because I thought it was just going to be, you know, fighting Krampus. Um, and then they threw in that little, um, powerful emotional moment which i didn't expect to see and so i feel like hopefully that means that Raphael got some closure um and it will be you know even a bit more grounded and secure in who he is um so that was a pleasant little surprise for me in there um, and hopefully he'll get more more screen time and more yeah. story you know what yeah. i mean like i'm hoping that leads to that because he's been a little pushed to the wayside and yeah. i like him as an actor and he's easy on the eyes <laughs> so um <laughs> I, 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 I'm all for more storyline for, for many reasons. Uh, Tom, speaking your thoughts? Of, or, no, sorry, Allison, go ahead. No, I was just saying, speaking of easy on the eyes, there's Sebastian and Lizzie, and uh, they're, they're a bit together. I, okay. I, really, I really like their scenes. They're very funny. They work opposite each other really well. They play off each other well. Tis, and tis not, tis, tis, tis not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that love antagonistic thing is great. It's great. And they, they just, they have wonderful chemistry, the two of them. Um, and again, really easy on the eyes. I mean, you know, I could just see the Sebastian show that way. <laughs> <laughs> but, you sure um, his, are you sure it wasn't his abdominal muscles? 
I was actually a little gross. I was like, this is like an anatomy lesson. I was like, I don't need to see that. I don't need to count that many abdominal muscles. I was like, <laughs> I'm cool with that. <laughs> Can we talk about the Skinamax uh, sex scene on the car? I was like, I, I started to blush a little. I was like, wait a minute. What am I watching here? Um, I, I really and was. I was like, wow. traffic going by. That's what really puzzled me. It's like, that's a really busy road. It really took a turn. I think that was the sexiest this show has ever gotten. You know what I mean? And I just, I was like, wait, is this rating sweeps week? What is happening? And <laughs> if I, if I, if I, it was our fall I finale. A, like, you got to bring out all the, I, the tricks. Yeah. But if I had like a 12 or 13 year old, I mean, I know a lot of them are engaging in this. I mean, a 10 year old, I would have put my hands over eyes and been like moving on moving on so like yeah it, i mean it was great but it was a little bit of a surprise for me so anyway but santa was made me smile the most yes yeah for sure yeah for sure all right let's wrap that one up i'm glad you guys liked it yay very fun episode yeah uh, yeah next up I've, I've seen it five thousand times though by the way <laughs> <laughs> uh next up uh marvelous miss mazel season three since yes. you guys season four season four is it oh, wait, no, oh, no, no season right. three. three what am i saying oh, i was yeah. confused i was like oh my god i missed a season <laughs> <laughs> so i just you... teleported into the future that's all I... you guys yeah. wanted to talk about episodes one through four since we're only talking about one through four, um, the fourth episode ends uh, with Joel, uh, you know, going to see her show that she asks him to come. Um, and then uh, Rose and Abe have left their house, couldn't find an apartment, and they've moved in with their in-laws or the, the in-laws. And people. then. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Those scenes of them living together and all of that is fantastic. Um, I, I have to say something now because I might forget that scene where they're starting to really kind of take in um, the the sounds and the, the energy and, you know, just the craziness of that house. And in this like zombie like silence, they like go upstairs to hide in their bedroom and they're just kind of in this hazy daisy shock and then their maid comes in and she's like, she's like ashen faced and she's like, may I come and sit, you know, and then the three of them are just in the bedroom. I just I don't know. I thought that was hilarious. I, I'd so, be hiding out in a bedroom, too, if I had to live with those two people. That that was pretty uh, insane. Yeah, it was fantastic. And then just, uh, the just last to avoid note, not was, seeing Moisha without his pants would be enough yeah, for me to hide yeah. out in my bedroom. All of that comedy aspect of it. They kind of sort of remind me of um that like the comic relief in Les is Rob, you know, the like innkeeper owners, you know what I mean? They're just so bawdy, vulgar, yeah. loud. And I mean, it's, it's a great comic device and comic uh, relief. Um, the last thing I wanted to remind you though, was Susie got her um, new client. She, right. she, she scored the big, whatever. So if you want to go back to the beginning and talk about the stuff that you liked. Yeah. yeah no, I thought, I thought this season, I know that there's a lot of people who've been saying that they didn't like this season, that they thought it was the weakest of the three. I, I personally like this season a lot more than last season. Uh, last season, I thought we would never get out of the Catskills. And with this season, yeah. it just feels like there's a lot more momentum. It feels like yeah. things are happening. And, and you yeah. know, uh, you've got Midge on the road with with the band and everything. And it, it the whole thing begins great with the, like, USO show that oh. they 
really did. That was fantastic. That was which great. is amazing. I mean, what I what I really love about the season too is that because they they're following around with Shy Baldwin and his band is that you you've got the introduction of a lot of big musical numbers now, and they're great. They're absolutely did you, awesome. Did Hard you know that those are all originals? I did not know that. Now, I'm a huge fan of Motown, huge, and I'm pretty familiar with the catalog of the time period and the multiple bands, and the songs were very catchy, and I was like, I don't know this well, one. Some of the, yeah, that's the thing. If you come across one that you don't know, some of the yeah. Motown stuff that they did was was stuff they made for the show, but yeah, I, he awesome. also does a lot of old standards, too, which yeah. clearly were not written by them. And no, the, no. But the combination of the two, yeah, the original stuff is brilliantly written, Perfect. absolutely perfectly, yes. stylistically, you know, late yes. 50s, early 60s, and exactly the kind of thing that you would have expected to, to hear, you know, in, in you know, crooner do on, on stage, and the backup singers are amazing, and the, and the whole yeah. thing. It's, it's and her just dress. great. Oh, Shout God. out to her dress, okay? All, oh, my God. First of all, all her, all her clothes in this are yeah, absolutely. Yeah, guys, we, we do have to wrap it up. Yeah. Fine, fine. Well, okay. I, well, I'll say this. I just want to, I just want to parrot what Allison said so that we can reinforce it for people who are listening. Um, I also agree with you. I think that uh, three is is better than two, uh, and for the exact same reasons you said, because there's got forward mo- momentum. There's a lot going on with practically everybody. Um, there's a lot, a lot of humor, um, you know, uh, and, and there's a lot of development. Like everybody moves forward. The husband gets a new girlfriend. The, the in-laws move, you know, have to move. She's on the road. Susie, blah, blah, blah. So I think if people are shy or, or reticent to try the season, uh, the season out uh, because of the whatever people are saying, I think that they should ignore it and just, you know, jump in. And I think that they'll be rewarded because I really I enjoy this. I agree. And there's a lot more Lenny Bruce in this season, too. And that's oh a good thing, also. Oh, my so much. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we, yeah, that's wrap, the very next episode, but we, can, we can't talk about yeah. it. Up, wrap it up. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you guys done? saying thumbs up? Way up. Very much. Okay. No, very much. I All binged right. it in one after evening. Early morning. <laughs> Midnight. I was up till 3 a.m. Um, all right. Next up, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian. And this episode was, what was it? It was called The Prisoner, but it felt like it should have been the called prisoner. The, the Heist. It should, I felt like it should have been called The Heist. Because I was like, oh, this is a heist movie. Uh, it was a prison break movie. It was a prison break movie slash heist movie. It's similar, similar themes where you get a team together yeah. and no one knows if they can trust each other. Though I will have to say, I did feel like in the first five or ten minutes when the Mandalorian meets his new team, I was like, oh, he's going to have to kill these dudes. Like, I was just like, yeah. I was really sure. I was like, yeah, he's going to have to kill these guys. They're, they're, they're not all making it back home. And I was semi-correct in that assumption. Um, I, I liked that it was all, I liked that it was all a ploy. I thought that was fantastic. Um... I sort of suspected just because the way they were looking at him, like it made me feel like they all, yeah, that it was a setup. I've made me feel like they all knew something that he didn't know. Um, and I wasn't quite sure how that was going to play out, but once they do do the double cross, I was like, Oh, Oh, right. Okay. This makes sense. Like it was, it didn't surprise me and it, and it kind of was supposed to be a twist, but I didn't feel like it was extremely twisty. But it did absolutely make sense. I'll say that. Uh, your, you guys' thoughts? I have a fun piece of trivia. I kept thinking, 
why do I know this New Republic officer on this jail barge? It's Matt Lanter from Timeless, and he also voiced Anakin throughout the Clone Wars. Which, y'all, huh. you mean Deep the cut, officer baby. that they that they captured? He's the got, officer like, that apparently got killed. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't recognize yeah. him at all. So, oops. Yeah, no. Mm. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I like that. Uh, I was like, when did the Mandalorian decide that he couldn't kill innocent people? I mean, I know he's taking care of the baby, but I just felt like him being super protective of that random guy just felt weird. That's all. I didn't. Well, that they, didn't bother they, me. They seem to have gotten oddly and unevenly coy about killing on this show right. because they, clearly, you know, they'll they'll fire away at certain people, especially you know the more faceless the individual, the the more likely they are to die. But um, other other characters suddenly they it's like oh no he can only take them prisoner because killing them would be too much for the kids um and yet it's not too much for the kids to see two people get blown up on a spaceship so or, or a um Whatever i should say station, was. station space station yeah so so yeah it's like really uneven it's like make up your mind <laughs> are you going to be really pacifist or are you just going to go for the gold and have him kill everybody because that's he's a bounty hunter star wars so i know but i didn't expect him to be all hesitant because i mean his job he kills people all the time and so now mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's just like oh, we can't kill this random dude that i don't know I just felt, and then it, it just felt weird that that was what a fight was about. And then the guy gets killed, and he's like, "Oh well." Like then he doesn't like then he doesn't react to that at all. Right. So it was just very yeah. strange to me. Uh, Aaron, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I feel like uh, you, you know, I still enjoy the Mandalorian. I think the first three episodes were phenomenal, um, but I'm feeling like just a little bit of the magic is is waning for me just a little bit on it. Um, I do agree. I feel like the character of the Mandalorian has changed. I would get it if he didn't want to kill somebody in front of Baby Yoda. I could totally buy that. But (laughs) Baby Yoda wasn't around. Right. So I'm not getting the hesitation either. And that took me out for a moment. I was trying to figure out. Like, what was his play? Yeah, I had to go back and watch previous episodes to see, was this part of his code? No. Uh, And it's not. So that took me out just a little bit. Um, you know, I did I, still enjoy this episode way more than last week. What, last oh week was terrible, God. but I thought this one was actually entertaining. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tom, I'm trying to remember this, what last week was about now. Yeah, the last week was terrible. Tom, your thoughts? You haven't really talked about this one either. Uh, I thought it was solid. It wasn't great. You know, you know, one of the differences is that John Favreau wrote the first batch of episodes, and the last few episodes have not been written by him. <gasps> That could be one of the issues. I thought it was directed well. I thought this yeah. was a little weak. Uh, Christopher Yost wrote this, and he's one of the uh, creators of some of the uh, animated CGI animated Star Wars series. I will mm-hmm. say so, that they did the cool, creepy down the hallway where the lights were flashing and he was oh, behind yeah. the guy, not behind the guy, around the guy. Like, that was oh, pretty yeah, cool. They did that, that, well. yeah. that, was, that was terrific. Yeah, that was pretty cool, was but... And I and I say overall I like the episode. I think it showed the Mandalorian being smart and all this other stuff. But it just there's no through story. That's right. what I, that's, and that's what I really miss. There's no through story. That, that, that's the interesting thing that we don't really have a full on story arc aside from protecting Baby Yoda. Right. That's it. 
And, and, and I was you know, talking about that last week that, you know, if it would be one thing if with every episode he gains another member of his crew, you right. know, that he, he's, he builds up allies and things like that and they come with him. And that would be that would be enough for me to, to connect the dots. But so far, it's just so agonizingly episodic for me. I can't really emotionally attach myself to it. Mm-hmm. Everything gets reset at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, so, not everything, but. Eh. Okay, that's true. No, but I would like it if they, I would like it if it was more like X Files, where there's like the monster of the week, but every once in a while, or every episode, it wasn't every episode, but like you know, there was the mythology that like tied it all together, and right. so we could get both. Yeah. I don't mind yeah. individual, you know, adventures and episodes, and, and you know that I don't mind that. But in in it, in it, in the episode, or in between them, kind of connecting the larger picture for us, I think that is right. really what's missing. Well, for we me. there has to be connecting. What's thread. so weird is they want us yeah. to stay with Disney plus but they're not giving us a reason to yeah we, no. there, we did get that snippet of part of a, a garbled transmission from uh from apollo from carl weathers Carl Weather, right <laughs> so we know that you know the decisions mando made back in episode two to take the to take the asset right. rather than <laughs> rather than leave it with Werner herzog we know that that's going to have ramifications. I presume that that's. I mean, of course. I presume that's why we're going to. But get, I mean, I want to uh, see it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. But I, don't, but I want to see. Yeah, they have to give us something more than that. Yeah. I right. want lip service. I want some visual, whatever. I mean, just and one little thing after a bunch of like standalone episodes that doesn't and it especially because it's not a twenty-two se- episode season. You know what I mean? Like, well, just I, they really. That's what I'm saying. Because it's not, you know, they don't have they don't have to give me. They're not allowed to give me filler episodes without anything that links them together. Is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Talk about no forward momentum. You know, if if, if I knew I was getting 22 episodes, I'd be like, oh, this is the Christmas episode. This is the musical <laughs> episode. This, is, this is the life day you know episode. You said life day. All yes, right. I did. Uh, well, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, I think we're kind of in the middle on this one. It wasn't bad. It was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I laughed. I enjoyed myself. It just wasn't. I, I have a higher bar. Magical. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about the expanse, but only for the first two episodes because those are the only ones I've seen. And I do not want to be spoiled for the expanse. No, you do not want to be spoiled for the expanse. Um, Although they are, from what I can tell, they're following the books pretty closely. Um, huh? I will have to say my biggest complaint is why is Bobby working in a manufacturing plant doing crap and people are are just beating up on her. And I'm like, this is a total waste of her skills and her abilities. And I know it's all set up to make her leave and go into but i just want her in the action i'm like can she be in the yeah. like sh- the last time we saw oh. her she was like on the ship so now this season she's back on mars living in her brother's house like what she's got to deal with these drug dealer guys like oh come on so i'm a little frustrated with bobby's storyline but that's the oh, only it, negative i have that is it it's you know? it's going to pick up i will tell oh, you yeah. that yeah but that is the only Big negative time. i have everything else about this is super positive even, um, dude, the guy from Torchwood. What is that man's name? Torchwood. Burn Gorman. He is, oh, yeah. he is the guy that I love to hate. I used to and just hate this him. will not change your mind. I know. I used to just hate <laughs> him, but I've actually discovered he's actually a really good actor. He just plays a bad guy in such a way that so you well. want to stab him in so the well. eye. 
Um, <laughs> he, he actually has a line, and I don't remember because I've seen like up to episode five now, and I don't remember what episode he says this mm-hmm. in. But he he complains, you know, that everybody is thinking of him as the bad guy. And I'm like, and you says, are the maybe, bad guy. And, but but he says to them, he says, maybe it's just my face. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why you're getting cast in these roles. You got it. But it was wonderful. It was it was like a meta kind of thing for him to say so i just i just really like that but uh, yeah yeah and i like that uh how they set up the whole situation they keep saying it's like the gold rush it's like the gold rush except that you're gold rushing instead of going to like california where at least you know you're on the same continent you're gold rushing to random planets across the galaxy and you have no idea what you're doing and something out there killed a super advanced race and we don't know what that was either and so these guys what, are just running out here blindly, and it's really interesting. Go ahead. What's what's kind of cool about aspects of this season is, especially Illus, which has been nicknamed New Earth, is mm-hmm. it's as if the new Caprica arc on Battlestar, mm-hmm. which was fascinating and worked well, but it still kind of felt rushed. And this is kind of like, what if we did an arc like that but took the whole season to let it unfold naturally, organically, without weird plot contrivances. Okay. And, well, because they're not in a rush to get back into space, and I like, I like the fact that uh, oh, what's her name, first officer, uh, Naomi. Naomi. Na- I like the fact Naomi that Nagata. she's she's been trying really hard so she can walk around the planet, and everything's worked except her heart's like, yeah, no. <laughs> and so she's like, no, I'll just work through it. And he's like, yeah, that's not how hearts work. You know, you can't just rough through it. And I, I, I like that aspect. And whenever anyone says stuff like, well, just don't tell anybody. That is the worst decision you will ever mm-hmm. make. Spill the beans, man. Spill them. Um, but yeah, I liked I liked all of it. I thought the first two episodes worked really well. It flowed. We got the, inside the, cr- the super alien tech. The crash scene... I saw the I saw the first episode at New York Comic Con back in October. Right. But still, watching that crash scene is harrowing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's like, whoa. Yeah, and then and you'll, I, yeah, you'll she's holding out. her friend's hand, and then then yeah. she looks up, and her hand's empty, and there's a hole, there's a big hole inside the ship, and I was like, oh, like all of that was great. Um, yeah, it's 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 good to be back in the Expanse universe. I, that's yeah, all I have to they, say. They just do everything so beautifully. And I love finally being able to have Avasarala speak the way she's supposed to oh speak. Oh, my God. She's so great. <laughs> <laughs> she's well, when, left she types, and right. when she types that memo on the pad, where the F is he? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, the gloves are off. Yep, yeah, we know where we're going here. And I also want to give a big shout out to whoever does her costumes because Oh my God, those are amazing! Yeah, those are absolutely her gorgeous. clothes are incredible. She looks gorgeous oh, yeah. always. Oh, did you check out that Amos ha- was hot for her? I was like, Oh my God! And I know she's married and she's happily married. Oh, that was a trip. That was a trip. What was she wearing? It's I like- know. I was like, <laughs> uh, It got me so excited for like a second. And I was like, All right, she's married. Oh, we can't have that because I was ready to jump on that ship with two feet. Um, but, but they, was, they had they ever met? I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, she's been on board the ship once when they rescued yeah, she her was. briefly. She's, that, okay, yeah, she's right. been on board the ship. But he, Amos, was like, you know, he likes a strong woman. He was like, oh yeah, what's yeah, he, he wearing? 
<laughs> and I was like, oh my god, it made my heart pitter-patter. Um, but yeah, I love this show. And I yeah. made myself stop so that we can we can talk about it at a pace. I want to I don't want to rush through and binge it and it just be over. You know, I want to take my time with the show and really enjoy the episodes and really just discuss the episodes as they come. So if you guys can help yourselves, don't rush through binging it. Please. <laughs> Too I late. Really could not help <laughs> no, but I mean from now on. I, I know you guys made it up to like episode five or whatever, but just like slow down. Maybe just watch one episode next week. Just chill. Let's take I, our time I, through. I, I binged while I sipped a beverage out of my Expanse branded uh, <laughs> cup. I got at the Expanse Experience at New York Comic Con. <laughs> I actually have that same cup. Thank you. You, you weren't wearing your Expanse onesie at the time. <laughs> no. Under your Expanse. Blanky and <laughs> yeah. actually, I do have an expanse blanky, but that's never mind. You do? Well, it's not. It doesn't blankie. actually. I know say... you have a discovery blanky because I got you that well, one. Well, the expanse but... one it's, it doesn't actually say the expanse. It's what Amazon was giving out. Those well, I took one. Uh, they were doing the the viewings and they were showing the boys and the expanse and whatever. And they had these blankets on the seats where you're supposed to watch. And I totally took one home. <laughs> so, it doesn't actually the, say the expanse, the, but the it's an Amazon the blanket. blanket. Yes, yeah. it was really comfortable, man. All right, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get back on track. I think we're definitely saying thumbs up, and I oh, really, yeah. really enjoy season. it. And next oh, yeah. time we have Witcher is premiering this next coming up week, and we have the finale of Watchmen to talk about. Yeah. So yeah, guys. Ooh. All right. So, if you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire@gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, Weenopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.